Hello, everybody. My name is Dietrich Wingpole, and welcome to the Good Steward Podcast. I am excited to announce that I am back. In the previous episode, I shared with you that I wanted to take a pause. I wanted to take a pause in the month of August and return back in the month of September. And the reason why I did that, because I was going through tremendous adversity at the time, and my initial reaction or response is to say, you know what, I just want to throw in the towel, take a breather, and go in a direction where I felt like the Lord did not tell me to truly go. It was really a reaction of me facing adversity. And you're probably wondering, why am I returning back? Well, I recognize that we have a lot going on in this podcast. I believe that in the month of July, we started to build a lot of consistency, right, in terms of sharing the word of God. And the Lord has placed this passion in me to preach and teach the word of God. And my response to adversity, my response to adversity is to curl up in a ball and say, I want to take a pause. Now, I want to make things clear that it's very important to find rest in the Lord in this time. I truly believe that. But I felt like my reaction, my response was truly unwarranted based on the fire that the Lord has placed in my heart to teach the word of God at this time. So that was one of the reasons why I'm returning. But also, too, I'm returning because the Holy Spirit led me to read 1 Kings chapter 17 to 19. If you're familiar with 1 Kings and those chapters, this is where the Bible depicts the life of Elijah. And Elijah was given an assignment to, to confront the leaders of Israel to turn away from idolatry, turn away from false gods, and to repent. And what was remarkable in the story of Elijah is that even though Elijah witnessed God's miraculous power, it was until that very moment when he experienced a glimpse of adversity that he wanted to give up, that he wanted to say, Lord, whatever you have assigned for me, I don't think it's worth it. I don't think it's worth it. I really want to give up. I really want to take a pause. <laughs> uh, so in this episode, we're going to continue the Defining Moment series. And the title of this episode is Defining Moment series when God tells you to get up. Woo! <laughs> when God tells you to get up. Man, I want to acknowledge that adversity, pain, and suffering are not easy things to deal with, to overcome. And as we examine 1 Kings chapter 19, the Bible explains how we essentially can 
deal with adversity, deal with the pain. We are familiar with individuals from the Bible, such as Job, David, right, who went through so much adversity. And we can find here in 1 Kings 9, chapter 19 that Elijah also dealt with adversity. So in this episode, we're going to examine 1 Kings chapter 19 from verses 1 to 15. And let's begin. Now, before we begin, let's take a moment and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your love, mercy, and grace. Thank you for this very opportunity uh, for another, another episode to um, proclaim your truth, uh, to teach the word of God. And as we gather as a body, we truly learn that in the midst of adversity, you are the one who provides us the strength, the insight, oh Lord, a path and a way, oh God, that, that aligns with your will. So we seek you in this time, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So as I mentioned before, we're going to examine 1 Kings chapter 19 from verses 1 to 15. And let's begin. I recommend that you grab your Bible. But if you do not have a physical copy of the Bible, do not worry. Um, you can, of course, resort to a digital copy. But also, too, if you don't have access to that for some reason, <laughs> we will have scriptures in the video presentation. So let's begin. The first two verses of 1 Kings chapter 19, this is where um, moments after when Elijah confronted King Ahab and the prophets of Baal, and they were in the mountain on the mountain of Carmel. And this is where Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal and say, whose God is stronger? So the prophets of Baal decided to uh, essentially do a, a, a burnt sacrifice, right? And when they did it, nothing happened. And Elijah was essentially taunting at them, right? And the moment that Elijah offered a burnt offering um, on, on behalf of the Lord to see and reveal who is the stronger God, something miraculous happened, right? And the prophets of Baal uh, were essentially astonished, right? And what it, it essentially happened afterwards is that they went through um, the valley and every single prophet of Baal died. <laughs> they were slaughtered. So this was moments after that event. And King Ahab goes to his wife, Jezebel, and shared what had just happened. So Jezebel essentially cursed Elijah and threatened to kill him. As you can see in verse two, it says, so Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely. If by this time tomorrow, I do not make your life like that of one of them. So Elijah's immediate response was fear. Look at this. He was afraid and ran for his life and he isolated himself. Ooh, let's take a moment and pause right there. How many of us, right, have the tendency when we deal with adversity, we isolate ourselves. We truly isolate ourselves. We get into this wilderness, not in the wilderness in the sense to essentially get closer to God, but a wilderness that is like a desolate place, a place where we just don't want to be around people. We just want to 
take a pause, quote unquote, of what God is doing in our lives. And we just isolate ourselves from reality. And this is what Elijah is doing at this point. He felt afraid. He feared for his life. He had an assignment in mind to continue to confront the leaders of Israel of their wicked deeds. And the moment he experienced adversity, he experienced a threat. He goes to this desolate place. He goes into isolation. And my brothers and sisters, I admit when I go through adversity at a time, my first reaction is to get to that desolate place. God, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to be around people. I, I, I just don't want to be, I just don't want to face reality right now. I just don't want to face this apparent danger. I don't. And this is what Elijah's doing here in verses three to four. And let's continue the part of, of verse four. He says, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. Wow. Look what he says. I have, I have had enough. He said, take my life. He wanted to give up. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. Whoa. So he felt at the time that in the midst of adversity, that he wanted to no longer face reality. He wanted to give up on his life. How many of us wanted to throw in the towel when we face challenges and adversities that seem to be insurmountable? This was Elijah's response. And then he lays down under the broom bush and fell asleep. We can say here in verse 5 that he may experience depression. What do I mean by this? When, for those who ever experience depression, we know that um, you may want to get into a, um, a desolate place. You may want to be isolated from people. And what he did was he just fell asleep. He fell asleep. And if you think that Elijah may not deal with depression, let's just continue to go down, right? People may say, oh, he's tired, but I think that he was going through depression. Let's continue. Let's continue from verse five. It says, at, at, all at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. So the Lord provided sustenance for his physical needs, right? He was tired mentally, emotionally, and physically because he fell asleep. So Elijah ate and drank and then lay down again. <laughs> How many of us, that is a symptom of depression. How many of us, right? When we go through depression, we want to lay down. We want to be on our beds all day. We eat and drink and then we just lay back down. This was a moment of idleness. You see here in verse 5, he already fell asleep. And the moment he ate and drank, he fell asleep again. He fell asleep again. This was a moment of depression. It could be a symptom of depression. And how many of us experience this? So let's go, let's continue to go down to verse 7. And it says, 
the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank strengthened by that food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. Mm-mm-mm. Let's take a moment. Let's take a moment and pause. Let's take a moment and pause. For the second time, the angel of the Lord provided, it's God's mercy, provided food and water for Elijah to fulfill his, to fulfill his physical needs, right? To fulfill his, his physical needs. And because of the food and drink, um, based on, you know, God's mercy in providing these things, he was able to travel to the mountain of Horeb, right? And then we're going to continue to go down from verse nine, second part. And it says, and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? You see, when God asks a question, he already knows the answer, but he asks a question in such a way that he wants to unravel truly something out of you. And this is what Elijah says in verse 10. He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. Hold on. Let's take a pause right there. Verse 10. First of all, Elijah did not answer the Lord's question. What did the Lord say? What are you doing here, Elijah? See, what God was trying to get out of Elijah is what was truly the purpose that I had, that I have placed in you, that burning desire, that passion, that purpose that I already placed in you, that plan that I placed in you. Elijah did not answer the Lord's question. He explains, he tries to quote unquote justify why he's running away from God's purpose, his plans, his will. I've been very zealous. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. And I'm the only one left. He thinks he's alone in this journey. But we come to find out if you were to read a chapter prior uh, chapter 18, Elijah was not the only prophet who obeyed the Lord. He was not. Because if you see moments before Elijah met Obadiah, Obadiah hid prophets of the Lord in a cave. So Elijah did not know. He's not alone. He was never alone. You see, how many of us as we walk in this journey called life, when things get tough, we may feel like we're alone. In the midst of us throwing the towel, we may feel like we're alone. But in Elijah's case, when he was trying to explain, he didn't even answer God's question. What is truly the purpose that I have placed in you? And Elijah's response was saying, basically saying, I'm the only one left. I'm alone in this journey. He's trying to explain, 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 but he doesn't answer God's question. 
Oh my lord. Let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. Verses 11 um, into 13. Um, the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Oh my goodness. We got to take a moment and pause right there. We have to. So Elijah's standing at, on, on the mountain of, of Horeb and he sees a strong, powerful wind tore the mountains apart. The Lord was not in the wind. Strong earthquake. The Lord was not in the wind. A fire. The Lord was not in the fire. See, if we were to break down that particular text, um, it symbolizes God's wrath, his judgment on Israel due to their wickedness. But it was not the Lord's will at the time to bring judgment in the people of Israel. So contextually, um, that is the meaning or the symbolism of those series of events. If we were to further break down um, uh, uh, um, uh, verses 11 and, and 12, we find out here that even if we were to apply it in today's in our in our lives today, um, in the midst of what it seems to be chaos, right? What really alerted Elijah was God's gentle whisper. So when you are dealing with adversity, you may feel like things are coming to ruin. You may feel like there's just so much noise at this time, but I, and I'm, and I'm challenging you in the midst of apparent chaos, apparent noise, you dealing with the adversity is to lean in and to hear the gentle whisper of God, that gentle of whisper, that gentle whisper of God alerted Elijah to the point where he felt probably ashamed. He felt convicted. Look at this. He pulled his cloak over his face and went and stood at the mountain of the cave. And then the Lord said to him again, what are you doing here, Elijah? The Lord is trying to unravel something out of Elijah to remind him of the plans that he placed in him. And this was an opportunity to revise his initial response. Remember Elijah's initial response. I'm the only one left. And these folks are trying to kill me. And Elijah misses it right here. Look at it. Chapter 14, verses 14, verse 14, excuse me. He gives the same response. He gives the same response. As we truly reflect on the various assignments in our lives, and God asks questions, He's an all knowing God. 
He's an all-knowing God. He's a sovereign God. He truly is. There's no need to explain to God because he knows. He asks a question to reveal something, to unravel something out of you that thinks of the big picture of his will. That's something to be mindful of. So the very contemplations that we have in life and we ask ourselves, Lord, what is my assignment? Why am I doing this? The Holy Spirit may ask that question to you. And I challenge you that when you are facing adversity, oftentimes you may question yourself. You may feel like, what is really going on here? Is this truly worth it? I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm in so much pain. And we ask ourselves questions, not coming from a place of understanding, but truly I feel like we ask these questions and we contemplate these things coming from a place of doubt. And it's very important as we read this account of Elijah, that in the midst of adversity, we have to truly see and truly examine ourselves because the very assignments that God has placed, placed in us for, for this season, we have to look introspectively. And we have to say, Lord, I don't know what tomorrow brings. I know that your plans are beyond what I can think or imagine. But I need to walk in bold submission in what you have for me. This is so beautiful. This is why you have to read the accounts of the Bible you have to, because it's applicable to your life. We read the stories of the Bible, and these are everyday people, just like you and me. And they all go through similar challenges, just like you and me. And from reading and examining these stories and these accounts, these moments, these defining moments... It provides a framework on how we respond. And we're going to close right here. Verse 15. And actually, we're going to go all the way to 18. I know that I said, let's go from verses 1 to 15. Let's go all the way to 18. And it says, the Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert. Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nemish, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shapat, from Abel, Molah, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Hazel. Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. Yet, I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouth have not kissed him. Elijah was never alone. He was never alone in this journey. 
he was never alone. Never, 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 never. And there were people that God appointed to help him to carry forth God's will. So if you ever feel that in this journey called life and you have this assignment and it feels like you against the world, do not be deceived with that notion. God will anoint and appoint people in your life to carry forth his will. So what do I say here to conclude this episode? If you ever feel like giving up, throwing in the towel, and you feel like you're alone, the Lord is with you. He has a plan for you. It's time to get up. <laughs>